Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, December 21st. S&P futures are getting hit relatively hard. They're off about 56 points at 1.5%. NASDAQ futures are doing a bit better, down about 100 points. That's about 80 basis points for the NASDAQ futures. The major European indices are off close to 3% in aggregate. Steep declines in a lot of your cyclical value stocks, banks, energy, and autos are all off 4% plus. Also, steep declines in your epicenter names, so travel, leisure, lodging, non-essential retail, etc., Asia was a little bit more mixed. You saw some bright spots in mainland China, Taiwan, and Hong Kong. Um, I'm sorry, mainland China, Taiwan, Korea, and you saw losses in Japan and Hong Kong. Um, so there's actually more good news than negative news out this morning. So just to quickly run through the positive developments over the last um, 48 hours. So the big unexpected positive was the Fed decision Friday after the close to come out and allow banks to resume buybacks, albeit with relatively strict restrictions um, in Q1. I think most of the market uh, anticipated there'd be another quarter delay um, or another quarter of prohibitions on stock buybacks, meaning that banks wouldn't be able to resume them until Q2, if not later. But the Fed came out and allowed the buybacks to, re- to um, restart in Q1. So bank stocks saw very strong gains. Friday after the close, um, I think that's going to be tempered somewhat just given what, what else has occurred over the weekend. But that's the real major unexpected positive. Two other big positives that occurred um, were more expected, but still obviously encouraging nonetheless. So you had Congress reach this, uh, an agreement on this $900 billion fiscal stimulus bill. They they um, overcame a major impasse about the Fed 13-3 facility Saturday night. They reached an agreement on the specific bill language Sunday night. They will be holding a vote sometime today, presumably. They passed another 24-hour budget extension. So the new um, budget deadline is tonight versus Sunday night. So that's all being wrapped up. Um, the contours, the the specifics of that bill are largely as the media has been suggesting for the last week. So no real surprise there. And I don't really think anyone went into the weekend thinking that this whole process would fall apart. So the $900 billion fiscal agreement is certainly positive, but again, I think very expected. The same goes for Moderna. So remember the FDA advisory meeting on Thursday overwhelmingly um, voted in favor of the Moderna vaccine. The FDA emergency use authorization was handed down Friday. So very much as expected, but still, this is the second vaccine now that will start to get administered in the U.S. That uh, that will begin today. So you have Pfizer and Moderna right now in the U.S. being administered, albeit in relatively small quantities. That will be ramping up substantially into 2021. The next real major vaccine catalyst um, will be the Johnson Johnson data due out in early January. So the stimulus and Moderna are positives, um, but again, I think largely expected. The other the other kind of major piece of news would be the Nike earnings out Friday evening. Very strong results, raised guidance, um, you know, encouraging trends, et cetera. You know, not certainly nothing that's necessarily going to shift the macro narrative, but um, obviously encouraging to see a global bellwether type company, um, you know, performing very well. And then just finally, there were um, a bunch of M&A transactions on the tape this morning. I counted about $16 billion, And then, um, you know, a lot of other deals speculated about in the market. So that's all the positive that's happening over um, that happened Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. Um, you know, the one major negative uh, came out of the UK where you had the UK government acknowledge this kind of mutant strain of the coronavirus that supposedly spreads faster, that prompted a strict lockdown um, for London. And then you had a lot of Eurozone governments come out and halt not only travel, but also freight 
between um, with Britain. So that is the major piece of major macro news today. That is what's weighing very hard on your zone stocks. It's weighing very hard on U.S. equities this morning as well. Um, you know, I think there are some caveats about, you know, I think investors don't need to become terribly alarmed about this, you know, quote unquote, mutant strain just yet. Um, it's not clear just how how much faster it spreads versus the prior strain. Um, you know, the mutations have been occurring pretty much since the start. Doctors um, have have uh, found several mutations within the virus. So it's not like this is a completely unexpected development. Um, it's not clear necessarily that, you know, this is really altering the the course of the virus either. It's still, it still seems that human behavior is the primary driver of the increased transmission, not necessarily this mutation. And then I think most important, the mutation does not render the virus any more resistant to the vaccines. Um, you know, I think over time, there has been the expectation that you will see mutations occur, perhaps to the extent that you will have to rework the, the vaccines over the, over a number of years. But initially, the virus um, will will uh, be treated the same way by the vaccines um, with this new mutation as it was before. So I think that's most important. You know, so the market's been in this tug of war now for several, several weeks where you have an extraordinarily grim near-term backdrop with COVID. So again, the, the, the UK news this morning, obviously very negative, but you know we've been dealing with huge, huge surge in cases, massive increase in hospitalizations, a wave of increased mitigation steps um, since the beginning of November. So this not terribly incremental as far as the near-term narratives. So you have that one end of the tug of war, and then offsetting that is obviously the um, very impressive progress that we've been seeing on vaccines that makes the medium and longer term outlook uh, much more positive. The vaccines are the more powerful force in aggregate, but on occasion, you'll see the market focus back on the near term. Um, and I think this morning, obviously, is one of those days. So, um, you know, I don't think it's any, I don't think it is a shift in kind of the broader narrative necessarily. I think the three pillars of the rally, solid corporate earnings, massive stimulus and vaccines, that's really, those have been the three main drivers of equities. Those all are still in place. Um, you know, I, like I said, I think certainly um, on any given day, you'll have the market kind of focus more on the near term and that will create some selling pressure. But for me, the, the largest risks are a lot of uh, are the non-fundamental ones, whether it's, you know, extreme amounts of euphoria, complacency, um, overvaluation for certain pockets of the market, et cetera. Those are, I think, the major areas of vulnerability, not necessarily that, um, you know, you're going to see a sudden, sudden dramatic shift in the broader uh, macro landscape. So those are all the main themes and trends for this morning. There's obviously a lot more news to run through. I have everything listed in the piece. Um, on the calendar, they, there really are, is no more major news for the rest of this year, I guess, other than perhaps the Brexit negotiations. Um, you know, We have the stimulus out of the way now, and that really was kind of the last major, I think, US-focused macro catalyst. Um, and now it's just a question of watching the course of the virus um, in terms of, you know, are there any major mitigation actions that are announced? Um, do you see the case numbers start to level off? Do you see hospitalizations begin to level off, et cetera? It's not until the week of January 4th where you have a lot of major news due out. You have the Georgia runoffs that week. You have the House and Senate will formally certify the election results. You have the minutes from the last Fed meeting of a U.S. jobs report. You could have the Johnson Johnson data out that week as well. Um, and just kind of taking a step back and looking at over the next you know month or two, I think you have... Georgia, the Johnson Johnson data, as well as kind of Biden's um, initial communications to the market um, after the inauguration on January 20th. I think all those will be positives 
for the market. And I actually think the Q4 earnings season that we're heading into, um, you know, could be a mild market headwind. Not because I think you're seeing a dramatic deterioration in corporate earnings. And I do think the current consensus numbers of about 170-ish for 2021 and 195 for 2022 S&P earnings are relatively appropriate. But I do think that the market has now come off two quarters, the Q2 season and the Q3 season, of huge upside versus true expectations. Um, positive qualitative remarks about improved linearity and business trends as reopening took place, took place um, you know, aggressive cost cutting, et cetera. A lot of those forces now are largely neutral, if not turning a little bit negative. So I just think that, again, you will not see the magnitude of upside versus true estimates for the Q4 season that starts on January 15th. Um, and I think you're going to see some of the language as far as linearity certainly um, reverse. And you saw that last week in a couple of examples, um, including Brinker, Darden, um, South, Southwest, some of the airlines, et cetera, are already seeing negative linearity just given the, um, you know, the huge overhang of COVID in the month of November and December. So I think the Q4 earnings season could be shaping up to be a market headwind. Um, and you have Georgia, Johnson, Johnson. And like I said, I think some of the initial Biden commentary about um, you know his economic policies, infrastructure spending, et cetera, will be positives. So those are the major themes and trends this morning. Um, and uh, thank you everyone for listening.